Hello. Welcome back to Typically Unique. I'm Kim Aponte. I'm here with my husband, Carlos. Hello. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about the emotions um, that we finally start dealing with um, as we settle into the hospital um, after our son Aiden was um, admitted for AML um, and how we started to get acclimated to that. Right. And um, I think throughout this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about what our new normal uh, is. And, um, you know, with a lot of emotions going on uh, within this first week, uh, you know, we come to the realization after the doctors had told us that, you know, this isn't a one or two week procedure that um, Aiden is scheduled to have. He's scheduled to have, um, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but um, I believe it's five or six weeks of intense chemotherapy. Um, and then uh, after the chemotherapy, so he'll be in the hospital those five or six weeks. Um, and then after the chemo, he has to recover his um, labs have to reach a certain number before he would be able to take a one week hiatus at home um, under massive restrictions. Mm -hmm. But um, he could be home and take uh, about a week. Um, we would do everything in our power to stretch it to a week in one day or a week in two mm -hmm. days. As many days as we could <laughs> as get many, out of it. As we many would days as we could, ask. exactly. And mm -hmm. um, he would then go back into the hospital and repeat that same procedure. Um, so, again, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, this was so many years ago. I don't know. Maybe we get into more of the um, documentation of actually mm -hmm. what was going on. But it almost seemed like they were ramping it up, right? Starting him out maybe a little lighter, intensive chemotherapy and then kind of ramping it up at the end. But um, it was pretty consistent throughout five weeks, six weeks recovery period in the hospital, mm -hmm. reach certain goals, um, you know, that we put on a visual board so we could all see how close we were to getting home, go home for a week, then come back. So we not only had to work within those parameters, we had to adjust our lives. And, uh, because one of us was always going to be with Aiden 24 seven. Right. And, um, we will share as we get through um, more months of these journals, um, but the treatments were different every time because AML is so challenging to beat. And so they would use different combinations of the drugs. And um, I remember one of the, the nurse practitioner that was with us pretty much the whole entire time explained it to me as... You know, they're not just, she explained it like mowing the grass, but you're not just mowing the grass. You're like mowing down into the dirt and digging down into the dirt and getting all the roots. Like that's what they're trying to do with these medications. So it was intense. It's, and, and the reason, like in the last episode when we were talking about being in such shock, it's because that's the news that we heard. You know, um, you're going to be here for five, six, seven weeks. He's not leaving. Uh, let you go home for about a week, you know, and then repeat. So that was just when we're talking about getting acclimated and figuring things out, that just 
Yeah, very difficult to, difficult to try to do mm-hmm. that when you are still in shock from, you know, a week earlier, right? At this point where we are in the story, mm-hmm. a week earlier we were, you know, just living normal lives. And now we have split uh, or, you know, turned 180 degrees to this life. And how are we going to work through that? And we talked a little bit on the last episode that... Um, Kim was on summer break, but getting ready to start school. Mm-hmm. Carly was ready to start school. Um, I was still working um, and had to ask if I could work at the hospital um, because someone needed to be there all the time. And and we were literally there 24-7 all the time. Yes. Um, so I am going to share um, a journal entry from day five and... Um, this is, yeah, August 21st, 2010. Aiden had more stomach pain today, early on, but we were able to get him some relief by late afternoon. So this is, this is the following day after he had been up for 20 hours, um, and then had gotten his first chemo treatment. Um, so he was able to get the, the pain did go away and he got some sleep. Um, he ran a fever today because of the chemo, but it went away, and the medicine for nausea seems to be helping him. Carlos and I are learning how to tag team the doctors and nurses. I go get them. He focuses on what the problem of the moment is and what the solution will be. <clears throat> the second part is what we've been having a hard time with. I also have all of the documentation to answer any questions. Keeping a journal has been very helpful to go back and look up dates when he was sick, etc. Aiden hasn't been awake enough to really talk to him about how he's feeling. It is pretty obvious about he feels about about how he feels about the whole thing. But I think I was able to reassure him a little today. I will take away any pain I can from that kid. So I remember this day exactly being there with him. Um I believe it was just him and I at this point. Um, Carlos had to, I'm going to continue the journal in a second. Um, he had to make a trip back. But I sat down with Aiden and just looked him in the eyes and said, this doesn't mean you're going to die. The doctors are giving you medicine. We are going to fight this. We're going to be able to make it go away. You know, just being that blunt with him, I literally told him if I could, if I could do it for him, I would trade places with him. Um, It was that kind of conversation because it was at this point, you know, we're a few days in and our emotions are just starting to come out now. A little bit of the shock's wearing off and... Yeah, but Aiden's not... You know, he doesn't express his feelings and emotions. So we don't even know how he's feeling at this time. So we almost feel compelled on occasion to be like, you know, we understand that you may be scared or upset or nervous. We're trying to pinpoint his emotions because he's really not giving us a lot. No, he wasn't going to share anything. We had to come to him with questions and probe and try to get things out of him and if not just communicate to him um okay so then um i can i'm continuing on um carlos made a trip back to our house today 
Thanks to our parents for cleaning and keeping up with things. He needed to get some things in order and then bring some things back. I am planning on heading back with Carly tomorrow to do some school shopping for her. I told you I was the last minute queen and then tried to stay in town for a while so I can be at work, fill out some paperwork and get work stuff in order. So far, none of our plans have worked out as far as taking turns here because Aiden has needed both of us here. Thanks, and I just thanked everyone for their kind comments, thoughts, prayers, and support. Because on this Caring Bridge site, um, you know, it was two-way communication. People could leave comments, so that was um, awesome for us to be able to see. Um, well, just a couple, if I could pick up on a couple yes. of that, because you talked about the tag team a little bit, and um, um, with all love, <laughs> <laughs> um, Kim is very reactive. Um, you know, you can't spring um, news on her without her maybe getting a little triggered or... Well, I've gotten a lot better, <laughs> but back... I mean, that brought a lot of that. Whatever you dealt with during going through something like this is going to be heightened. So, so. Um, knowing that you know, she would bring that feeling and emotion and, you know, mm -hmm. to a conversation because, you know, you really couldn't damp it down because we were going through a major life event, yeah. a, a life and death event. Um, it was hard for her to damp that down. So when we talk about tag team, um, Kim would go out, maybe get a nurse or um, a doctor. Because that wasn't easy either. So I kind of knew that system of like who to ask for and where to find them and how to get them because literally sometimes it involved like hunting them down. Literally. <laughs> Knowing the right <laughs> things to say and things like that. So that was kind of my strength. So I handled that part of it. Then when they would finally come to the room, you would handle the communicating part. Right. So I would, you know, I could, you know, speak her in a little softer tone, maybe not... Uh, you know, with a bunch of anxiety because Aiden didn't like that either, mm -hmm. right? He didn't like, you know, uh, heightened excitement inside the room. So, sure. you know, we would we would speak softly, we would talk about it. And at that point, Kim could challenge either the diagnosis or, you know, what they were saying. Again, you know, and I, I hate to say, say this as, you know, we weren't getting great care. I believe we were, but, mm, and sometimes, always. you know, sometimes... Uh, folks would come to the room and we'd be like, wow, you know, Aiden's really not feeling well with this medicine and be like, well, oh, that's typical. And and, and then try to leave. And we're like, wait, <laughs> yeah, you and, can't leave. And, and not only that, but, um, you know, say, well, hey, that's typical. But like, well, the first three times we gave that to him, he didn't have that reaction. So is that typical or is there something else that we should be looking sure. at? You know, so um, again, you know, anytime we heard typical or unique, it really raised our radar because um, it almost felt like a dismissive term. So we really were on heightened alert when we heard those those two words. Um, but then, so through all this, you know, having these conversations, trying to work with Aiden's care, getting the verbiage and the language to do that, we also had to set up whatever this next 10 months to a year was going to look like. How are we going to rotate in a way to make sure that um, someone was with Aiden all the time, which meant Kim and I would almost never be together because yes. either she was there or I was there. 
we would never be together. So um, we had to figure that out. We also had to figure out the mundane things like how do you get a parking pass and, you know, where do we park and um, how do we get in the building and where do we eat? Um, you know, because we're not making home cooked meals anymore. We're right. eating at, you know, the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, you know, it mentioned like, thanks to our parents for cleaning up, like just things back at home that needed to be, you know, the trash still has to go out or the, you know, where's Carly going to stay and what things, so you know, having our family that was there, um, to do those kinds of things for us was amazing. Um, I sp- and you know we had these plans like oh well we have this schedule and you'll be here these many days and I'll be there these other days no that went out the window like from day one it took us a while we we planned it we thought we were going to do that but that didn't happen uh, for like these first five days or so we were both at the hospital most of the time but when we would leave like I might go home you know for a few hours because I have to go do this or he might go home you know we didn't when we showed up there at the emergency room we didn't know it was going to be five six seven weeks staying in the hospital so we didn't have that those kinds of things with us um so it was constantly you know oh we need this oh well we didn't bring that so doing those kinds of things so it was a lot of adjusting we didn't even pack toiletries we didn't bring change of clothes we 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 didn't know Um, right so all that had to happen um so with us trying to figure out how to um you know handle you know just all the the side stuff there was a lot of motions going on at the same time. You know, we're living in a new place. We are around people we don't know. We are having invasive procedures. Um, Seeing things. There were babies on the floor. Mm. Um, you know, all of that was shocking. The the IV poles, the little kids running around. Because you could see into the rooms if their doors are open. Because, again, a lot of us... Are living there so yeah I remember um, I, I think I told you one of the very first days um, I, we walked by we went to our room we're actually at the very end very end of the hall which was our first room but you know we walked by a few rooms and there was one room where there was this mother holding her baby to her chest and she was just rocking back and forth mm-hmm. um, and the baby was uncomfortable and crying and you know um, very hard to soothe but she was literally laying on the bed, rocking back and forth with this baby. We, But for days, every time we walked past that room, she was sitting up rocking the baby. Like, it just was every time we walked past. I mean, it was things like that yeah. that hit you and touch you. And, those and are, you remember. And those are the people that we end up communicating with, you know, um, you know us having a similar struggle. Um, but those are people we ended up, you know, talking with, uh, having adult conversations, trying to escape a little bit of the, you know, the world that we live in, mm-hmm. uh, but still have a connection, you know, how are you doing? How are you doing? Kind of being a support network for, for all of us. Um, but being in that environment made us realize where we're at mm-hmm. and what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, we start to get things figured out a little bit, and that's that's where the emotions and, and things are, are now starting to come out. So 
Um, this next journal entry um, is actually Carlos's, but I, I'm going to be the, re <laughs> the reader. And he wrote, Aiden is just now falling asleep for the evening. We had a really nice Father Sunday. Tonight, Aiden asked me all about my job, what I do on a daily basis, and he asked me about work and the parts we manufacture. He never really asked me what I do for a living before, so this was nice. Aiden tries to play it cool when people are around, and he does not talk much when visitors are here. He likes the visits, but only for about 10 minutes. Then he starts giving me the eyes. So either I have to leave the room and take the visitor with me, or Aiden will leave the room himself. I told Aiden that I liked reading the Caring Bridge messages to him and that I liked writing down what we did together each day. Inspired, Aiden started his own journal today. Here is his first entry, August 24th, 2010. And he literally just writes, one, woke up. <laughs> Two, had a bagel. Three, took pills and vomited. <laughs> Four, played. Five, eat cheeseburger. Six, tried cheesecake. Seven, went to game room. Eight, came back and wrote in journal. Nine, watched TV. And ten, went to sleep. Inside the front cover of his journal, it says Aiden's Cancer Journal. Then it has a guest list that both he and I signed. When I signed the book, I started to cry for the first time. This is Carlos. It really hit me that Aiden has cancer. To see the word cancer in Aiden's handwriting just killed me. I can't believe this. My son, my amazing son, has cancer. That still gets me now. <laughs> and, and that is how those feelings came out. He wasn't expecting that, you know? He was trying to get Aiden to write and try to share some things and, oh. Yeah, the, um, you know, that whole situation, <clears throat> we, Aiden and I, um, really spent a lot of time just talking about things that maybe we should have talked about for years before, you know, um, he was never really that kind of kid. Um, was it inquisitive about what I did at work? Um, you know, he was more, you know, I want to play with my friends. I want to, um, you know, do what I enjoy doing. And, um, you know, that was his central focus. And he was very focused kid, you know. If he wanted to do something, he would, you know, beeline to that and stay on that track um, as much as possible. Um, but, you know, we actually had some really good late night conversations. I think some people that we'll bring up a little bit later on is, um, we started making connections and friends with some folks either that work there or mm -hmm. who were, um, also admitted, um, that we could have some good conversations with as well. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, Aiden and I would go out and have, you know, our social hour. Um, with those people, um, you know, that we could talk to. So um, it was really the first time that we actually started to have a lot of good um, conversations. 
not just surface ones like, hey, what are we doing today or where are we going or, you know, all this stuff. It deeper. was deeper conversations, mm-hmm. which was which was really neat. And I think you probably did the same thing with uh, Carly, right? I mean, you guys probably had a little bit more of a connection because you were spending a lot more time with her. Right. This time. Yeah. So, you know, Carlos ended up being at the hospital more alone with Aiden during this time. And Carly and I ended up being back at home more and it was torturous. Um, and he didn't, I didn't know all these things he was finding out and going through and he had no idea, you know, how we were feeling and what we were, you know, the little we told each other or when we had time to talk, but Carly and I were kind of like, um, it felt it, we felt bad, like it, it, it was kind of an anger almost, like because we didn't want to be who function trying to function normally. Like, I had I took her school shopping, I felt guilty for being in a store, she felt awkward, like, what are we doing, you know? But we had to do it, you know. But we both wanted to be at the hospital, so I had to have a lot of conversations with Carly about you know, the good of, you know, we have to continue on, we have to keep, you know, trying to live life as much as possible that going to school would be a good distraction for her. Um, Also promising, you know, that we'll get you up there to visit, you know, we're going to be able to go to the hospital and and have our times to visit. So a lot of reassuring. Um, She also wanted to be in the loop of knowing what was going on and, um, you know, making sure we were filling her in. So there was a lot of that going on. And <clears throat> during that time, we all had the realization, this is what we're going to be doing, right? So it wasn't, oh, this might go away or it's another misdiagnosis, right? Right, no. no we were it's, in it. Mm-hmm. it. This was actually happening. So mm-hmm. I think once we had that realization and we started planning around that, little things really started to annoy each other. (laughs) Little things really started to um, Mm -hmm. come in that, you know, we just didn't really need. I think one example is, um, you know, Aiden, who's a very picky eater, and we can get into that maybe a little bit more, but to set that up, um, Aiden only at eight, probably five different foods (laughs) <laughs> right. If that. Very picky. Very picky. Um, it wasn't just pickiness. Like, that was all he would eat. Yeah. Yeah. It and, was more than, <clears throat> you know, just that. Right. So he would, you know, his, um, <laughs> he didn't have a lot of things where he could, that he would want to choose from. So his menu was very limited. So I think at one point I had introduced him to cheesecake. Right. So I make this decision on my own. You know, I'm with Aiden. We're just kind of doing what we can. Right. Because he also wouldn't try things. <clears throat> oh, no. he wasn't like, oh, I'll try anything. But I only like these. No, he wouldn't try things. And it was both things, too. Right. Sometimes he didn't like the taste. Maybe he liked the taste, but didn't like the texture. Right. You know, or maybe he'd like the taste and texture, but didn't like the smell. So it could be any number of things. So to find that perfect food if cheesecake's a perfect food, <laughs> but, to <It's> find, mine. <laughs> yeah. but to find something else that he would eat that was offered, you know, <clears throat> at the hospital is, um, we were lucky, you know, it was something else for him to try. 
So, um, yeah, I, you know, gave him some cheesecake. We were going to do like a, um, a pastry social, which was kind of a big thing later on that we did. But this was kind of the start of it. Kim got word of that and, oh, why are we doing cheesecake? You know, that's not a diet that we should be, you know. I think I was still worried about the, I was traumatized from the night of 20 hours sitting on the edge of the bed because he ate too much. So I was, you know, worried about those kinds of things. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, so we started having some of those discussions Mm -hmm. in front of Aiden and he's like, hey, 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 time out. You know, we, we can't be having that in the room, right? You know. And but everything is such a whirlwind at this point. We're just you heightened know. emotions, you know, the deep emotions finally starting to come out. Um, right. Yeah, trying to stay focused on keeping things calm for Aiden. So it was challenging. So I think, you know, at this point, we've, you know, finally started to understand a little bit of the schedule. It was still kind of topsy-turvy the first week, but we knew how we were going to kind of move forward once school started, right? We knew that, you know, I would be there during the week and would be there on the weekends. Um, Carly would come with us when we did the the exchanges so she could visit her brother. Um, Aiden and I started getting into a little bit of a, uh, a routine where we were kind of doing journal entries. We were reading Caring Bridges. We were setting up the room. I mean, one of the times I went home, I grabbed his old football jersey. I brought it with me back. Um, You know, I brought a lot of my files and folders and stuff Mm -hmm. for work. um, So I could kind of set up a little office um, up there so I could work while I was there. Um, So you were really good at making things a game (laughs) or just fun. So like the first routine he started setting up was the journal. Like, hey, every night before we go to sleep, we're going to make a list, you know, of what we did today. Um, So he did that. Um, Doing the uh, socials, right? So it was it was the cafeteria desserts, right? It was like whatever they had done. That's why we're like, ooh, cheesecake. No, it was the cafeteria cheesecake, you know? So it was, you know, whatever they had down there. But it's going to be a dessert social, you know? So... I mean, that I got to give it to you because I was not in that frame of mind at that point. So he did really good with that. Well, and I started to learn that that would keep Aiden's mind off of Mm -hmm. some of the bad stuff that was going on. They also had a child life specialist that we'll probably get into a little bit more. But Mm -hmm. they were trying to build a routine and Aiden was a little standoffish with that, you know, because he wanted to do things specifically his way and at his time frame and and all that. So you know, I would have to kind of interject a lot there to try to make it fun. And we would set up tournaments and, you know, all that stuff still to come. But I think, I think what we established was because it was going to be Aiden and I, the majority of the time, Mm -hmm. um, especially when a lot of the, um, normal doctors throughout the week would be there during the week. Um, we kind of set up the room to fit, (laughs) our personality, right? (laughs) So, you know, we kind of set it up that we felt like anybody entering here was entering kind of, you know, our piece of home and what our piece of home would look like. Um, So I think I have a Mm -hmm. journal entry. I typically 
Kimberly do not like to read these, <laughs> so um, I'd rather she read them, but uh, I'm going to attempt this one because um, um, this, this really put into perspective for me um, everything that we were, we were going through. So this was, I don't know the date, probably around August 25th of 2010. And uh, after updating our journals last night, Aiden and I stayed up late and talked, which we typically did. The doctors and nurses called our room the man cave because we had video games, football jerseys, and UFC playing on the TV. We tried to act tough, but every once in a while, the situation gets the best of us. A couple days ago was me breaking down after I saw Aiden's journal, and last night it was Aiden's turn. <laughs> it might get me. It's okay. <laughs> um, I had asked Aiden what felt different in his body a few weeks ago that made him want to go to the doctors and get all these tests done. Because you remember, Aiden was the one who finally said, I want to have the bone marrow test done. Yes. Um, and I think the doctors were saying it like, you know, hey, well, we could do a bone marrow test. And he's like, yes, I want to have one mm -hmm. done. Um, usually when you mention doctors to kids, they run the other way. Aiden said that during football practice, he would feel very tired and just different. One night he was alone. He gave himself a medical exam, checking his lymph, checking his lymph nodes like a doctor would. So throughout his life, especially early on with the Bruton's disease, they would always do this. Yeah, he test. knows that doctors do this. Yep. So he was laying, literally laying down and felt that maybe he could have cancer or something. So he did a self-exam to check uh, his lymph nodes. When I, now Carlos is at the hospital writing this on Carrying Bridge. I'm at home. So when I read that, I, I oh my gosh, just <laughs> devastating. It was hard to hear. It's devastating. Yeah, very hard to hear, especially in the moment. And to continue on, he knew something was very wrong with him. I asked him if he thought it was his appendix because, um, you know, I had my appendix taken out very young, at a very young age. Um, it kind of runs in my mm -hmm. side of the family and for young uh, kids for very family. young kids mm -hmm. and um we had talked about that you know that hey do you think you know do you think it was your appendix you know or something else like cancer and Aiden had said I didn't rule out cancer like he was he was more focused on this whatever was ailing him being cancer mm-hmm I told Aiden that mom and I talked about how sick he was and we knew it was serious when he told Kim that he wanted to quit football because he missed so many practices. He has wanted to play football for a very long time, but medically was not allowed. I told Aiden that football helped us catch this early mm -hmm. and he should be thankful because if he didn't go out for football and feel the way that he was feeling, yeah. you know, when they did that spinal test, who knows if that cancer could have been in his uh, spinal fluid or spinal cord. Yeah, it's not that we wouldn't have caught it, but it's just how further into it would we have been. Because he was really exerting himself during that. And mm -hmm. so, you know, we had kind of set up the man cave and over his uh, bed, I had put his football jersey. 
Um, so his football jersey is kind of hanging over his bed, and he's laying in bed, and he kind of looks back, and I'll continue. Aiden grabbed the lakeside football jersey hanging over his bed and started to pull on it. I looked up at him, and he was crying. He turned to me while uh, releasing the jersey from his hand and said, Thanks, Dad, you made me cry. <laughs> I told him. I told him that it was okay to cry even in the man cave so we will let that sit with you and we will meet you back here next time damn they got me <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>